Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Verses of scripture here. I was just doing my personal Bible reading, and this message just the Lord, I believe, dropped it in my heart. So I want to convey it here tonight. Luke eleven fifty three, and as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him, seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. Notice the beginning of verse or chapter 12, the very first verse, in the meantime. Everybody say, in the meantime. When there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people insomuch that they trod one upon another he began to say unto his disciples first of all beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy but I want you to notice that and this is the phrase that just stood out to me right here sandwiched between a whole lot of things that are going on it says, and in the meantime, and that's what I want to preach on here tonight, in the meantime, praise God. Lord instructs us there's some things we can do in the meantime. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray for God's blessing on this service tonight. Let's pray for his touch and the remainder of this time that we have together, that the Lord would speak to our hearts and minister to the needs of people that are here. Would you pray with me? Lord, I'm asking you to do what only you can, and I pray that you could reach into the hearts, touch the minds of people. For the next few moments, God, you're aware of every need that is in this place, every situation that is in this house. I'm praying, God, that you would move upon it, minister, God, to your people tonight. Speak, God, in this house, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and praise you for it, and could you join with me in praising the Lord again? Come on, let's give thanks unto the Lord. I think we can do a whole lot better than that. Let's really give some praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The situation as you read through these chapters preceding and then the ones just following the text that I read to you from tonight, the situation around Jesus is intensifying. And we read in chapter 10 where he has sent the 70 out. We know that these were not the closest, the 12 that followed him on a daily basis, but these were an extended group of ministers that he had had influence upon. And he sent them out to minister in various places by twos. And then just a little while later, we read of the testimonies 
and the reports of what they had encountered, what they had experienced in their missionary journey and the time that they were out uh, spreading the gospel, ministering to souls and needs of the people. Because the Bible said that when he sent them out, he sent them out with power. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't just send us out to do something without empowerment, without ability to do that? But when he calls you to do something, he gives you everything that you will need to be successful in it. I don't believe that God wants any person that he calls to be a failure. I don't believe that he wants any individual that he places uh, uh, his hand upon to feel as though they are in this alone. But God empowers them and anoints them and uses them. And they came back with great testimonies of what the Lord had done. There was sickness that was healed. And there were lives that were changed. And they went out, as you know, in nothing but the power of the name of Jesus. And they returned saying, even the devils were subject unto us through the power of your name. There was no demonic force. There was nothing that opposed us that was able to withstand the name of Jesus. And they received sort of a revelation of just how powerful the Lord that they were serving was. And the power of the name. This not only helped them then, but it would help them in the future as they would go forth and spread the gospel and build the church of God. That they would know that they had the power of the name working with them. They came back rejoicing. They came back excited about this. And the Lord gives them a little lesson here that I feel is so important. He said, don't rejoice because the demons are subject unto you. Don't rejoice over the things that you're able to see. In other words, what happens here, don't let that be the bulk of your rejoicing. Because there may be times when you pray and you don't get the answer immediately. There may be times that you pray against things and you don't see the enemy removed immediately. There may be times when you have to war through and fight through things and it doesn't happen on the schedule that you would like it to. But nevertheless, rejoice that your names is written in heaven. There's a lot of things that the devil, because he's the prince and the power of the air, that he can affect in this world, that he can have influence upon in this world. There's some people that you, 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 they got to make their own choice and the devil may have influence over them and you cannot change them. Don't be discouraged by their response necessarily, but rejoice and you can always rejoice in the fact that your name is written in heaven. You can always rejoice that you're saved. You can always rejoice that the Lord has redeemed you. Can I tell you, that's a reason for every saint of God at any time to have a purpose to rejoice and praise and magnify the Lord. It doesn't matter how down you are about things on this earth. doesn't matter if your prayers have been answered in the schedule that you would like them to. doesn't matter how you feel necessarily in your body. You've always got a purpose and a reason to praise the Lord if you think about it. Because if you got the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, then your name is written in heaven. And I can rejoice about that. I can get excited about that. I can be thrilled about that tonight. Oh, yes, I can always be enthusiastic when I come to church. 
I don't need anybody to crank my motor. I don't need anybody to say the right little phrase or sing the right song to get me going because I know I have a revelation of something tonight and that is that my name is written in heaven and the devil can't get his hands on that. You may be able to touch my health. You may be able to affect my job. You may be able to touch my finances. You may be able to wreak havoc in my family. But devil, you can't mess with that name that is written in heaven. I'm in the Lamb's book of life, so I'm going to rejoice and worship and magnify God tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. I think I'll just stay on that a little while here tonight. Because some of us need a revelation of why we, we, we always have a reason to rejoice and why it's always appropriate to praise God. Because if we're not careful, we'll fall into that little traditional mindset that it's only appropriate at certain times or when I'm feeling certain things or when, when so-and-so's singing or so-and-so's preaching and, and this is happening or I, I get this particular feeling, then I'll know that it's time to worship God. Baloney, it's time to worship God at all times. Oh, come on, that's what David said. He said, I'll bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Whether so-and-so shows up to the sanctuary, I'm still going to show up and praise the Lord. Whether anybody else does it, I'm still going to praise the Lord. Whether you sing, whether you like my singing, I'm still going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship God. I've got a reason here tonight. I said, i got a reason here tonight. If you knew where he had brought me from and what he's done for me and where he may and the Lord has brought me out of and the things that he's done in my life, then you would understand why I rejoice here tonight. Praise God. I think we'll just take a few moments right now. Just practice up a little bit. Come on. Praise the Lord together. Worship the Lord. Oh, nobody has talked me into clapping my hands. Nobody has talked me into lifting my voice. Nobody has to tell me all and remind me of all things God's done for me. I got a reason tonight. If I'm saved, I got a reason to worship the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. But here we, we see the Lord. He, he's ratcheting down through his teaching. He's ratcheting down the pressure on these hypocrites, as he calls them, the Pharisees. And... And he gives them a parable that really upsets them and makes them mad. It's a parable that we're all acquainted with. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And he talks about how that the priest walked by and he didn't have time. And, and then he talked about the Levite and how he went on the other side of the road. And he talked about that Samaritan that they were all prejudiced against and that they despised and that they did not have anything for. Matter of fact, when they said the word Samaritan, their, their nose curled up. And uh, they got a snarl on their lip because they hated these Samaritans. And this Samaritan, he did something that these supposedly spiritual folks did not do. And that is he helped and he ministered to the needs of this man that had fallen among thieves. He poured wine in his wounds. He bound them up. He took him to a place where he could stay until he regained uh, his strength to go on his own. And he paid, and he said, if, if it goes over the amount that I've given you, he said, you just give me the bill when I come back through the next time, and I'll settle the debt because I want this man to be restored. I want him to be well. And when they heard this story, they knew where he was directing these comments. He, they knew where this preaching was directed, and they understood it. And then he begins to denounce them as lawyers, 
and uh, people that knew the law and they knew how to debate the scripture, but they didn't have the law on the inside of their heart. They didn't have a real relationship with God. They were whited sepulchers, he said, full of dead man's bones. He talked about a cup. You read it. It's in the preceding passage. He talked about a cup that was, that was clean on the outside and, and its appearance was clean, but then on the inside it was full of scum and it was filthy. And he likened this to these Pharisees. And you talk about upset. They got some kind of mad at him. And they began to try to get some type of snare laid out that they could make some kind of question or statement to him that he'd respond to and he would step into the trap and then they would be able to catch him in his words and use the law to persecute him or to eventually, as they did, crucify him and get rid of him because he was a challenge to the things that they had going on. He was going to wreck their little program and their little tradition and how that they had made their living up until this point. And they did not want this. But the Bible tells us that as they, they began to oppose him and as they began to, to devise plans to try to stop him, it says right here in verse 1 of chapter 12 of the Gospel of Luke that in the meantime, and so I, I got to looking at that and thinking about that with all of these things that were happening and the pressure that was mounting. I think all of us, in a way, can relate to where Jesus was at. We've all had these moments. We've all had these times when we were faced with opposition, when it seems like that we were in the midst of a storm or a trial and it seems like that, that the enemy has intensified his efforts to bring us down and to destroy whatever it is that God had planned for our lives. And we face these attacks of the enemy. And Jesus here, I believe, gives us an example of what to do in these times while we're waiting upon the answer, while we're praying about what to do. While we're believing God for the breakthrough in our life. In the meantime, anybody know what I'm talking about? In the meantime, the promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. What God has spoke to you hasn't came to pass just yet. But you're in the meantime. You're believing God for it. You're standing firm in it. And it seems like uh, the more you stand, the more the opposition and the satanic forces come against you to knock you off of your stance and to keep you from ever really achieving and being successful and going forward and progressing in God. But there's three things that I see in this passage of Scripture that I want to bring out here tonight concerning Jesus in the meantime. First of all, you see that in the meantime, there was an innumerable multitude so great, the Scripture says, that they trod one upon another. There was a great host of people that had gathered there to hear the words of Jesus. You see, sometimes when the enemy comes against us, he would like to convince us that there's more that is opposing us than, in what, than what is for us. He would like to convince us that there's more against us than is on our side. But that is never true. That's never exactly how it is. And it certainly wasn't the case 
in this scripture when we're looking at Jesus in the meantime he had more going for him than he had opposing him yeah there was Pharisees that were trying to catch him in his words there was those that were lawyers and scribes that were trying to snare him in some way so that they could bring charges against him but in the meantime it seemed like there's masses of people that are coming over to his side that want to hear his words that want to receive Receive the power of God and receive miracles in their lives that they've heard of Jesus doing in other people's lives. I'm going to tell somebody in this room here tonight, it may seem like the opposition's great, but you've got some things that are greater going for you than what you've got against you. Oh, yeah, somebody needs to be convinced of that, I can tell here tonight. Because you're looking at the problem. You're focused on the situation. You're looking at the challenge that is before you. And you're saying, you mean I got more going for me than what's opposed to me? That's exactly right. There's more power. There's more glory. There's more going on in this room right here that can oppose you out there. There's more happening right here in this place through the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost that all the forces of hell can bring against you come on don't let the devil convince you that you're on your own or you're fighting this battle by yourself no longer are we going to let the devil convince us uh, that I'm all by myself in this fight that's a lie from the pits of hell Amen. he said he'd never leave me nor would he ever forsake me and he also told me greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world so I want you to understand something devil you're not just fighting me it's not just about me and what I got you're fighting all of heaven when you come against God's children. You're fighting all of hell when you come against God's church. Praise God. Amen. Standing, standing and believing and trusting God. A multitude that outnumbered his enemies and his accusers. Amen. We need to always remember that we have more for us than what is against us. We got the saints of God right here in this church that are pulling for us. Amen, or we need to be pulling for one another. We're shoulder to shoulder in this battle. Amen, we're, we're not here competing with one another. We're all here on the same side. We're on the same team. We're in the same army. Oh, we're fighting for the same victories. And, and most of the time, we all can relate to one another's struggles and problems. We all have uh, similarities and things that we fight and what we have to go through. You need to understand that you're not in this alone, that there's somebody praying. There's somebody calling your name before God. There's somebody here that is willing to help you bear that burden. There's somebody here that is willing to get in the altar with you until you get victory. There's somebody here that's willing to pull with you in the struggle that you're in. There's somebody here that cares about what you may be facing. You got family. Many of you have family right here in this church. The devil try to convince you that nobody knows. Nobody understands. No, you got family right here in this church. Amen. That cares about you and praying for you. You got a pastor that's praying for you. Amen. You got, you got a lot of things that are going for you tonight. Don't let the devil try to convince you that you're in this by yourself. You got a whole multitude. Look around you. You're not alone. In the meantime, you need to be encouraged. You need to be lifted up. You need to understand I'm not by myself tonight. Oh, come on. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise. 
The second thing I see in this scripture is the ministry of Jesus. He just kept on teaching, Brother Blue. He just kept on his like it didn't even faze him. He just kept on pouring his heart out to those that were hungry. He just kept on instructing those that would listen. He didn't pay them any mind, the detractors, the accusers, those that were trying to snare him, those that were trying to ridicule him, those that were trying to bring him down, those that were trying to bring charges against him, those that were trying to discourage him. He didn't pay him any mind. It says in the meantime, he just kept, it's like he never even took a breath. He just kept on teaching. He kept on preaching. He kept on telling the multitude what they needed to do to be more like him. He kept on instructing the multitude of what the kingdom of heaven was like. He gave them another parable. He showed them another, another gem from the word of God. He, he, he revealed to them another deep revelation. And they just kept on being instructed by the Lord. You know, if we're not careful, we'll let our troubles cause us to pull away. We'll, we'll let our troubles cause us to isolate. We'll, we'll let our troubles and our problems cause us to go into a spiritual shell if we're not careful. And that's the very worst thing that can happen to you. I want to reiterate tonight. I said that's the very last thing that you need to do is to recoil and is to pull away and is to isolate yourself because that puts you in a position of vulnerability where the enemy's concerned. That puts you in a place that you're an easy target for the devil. The devil knows better than to jump on somebody that's down here in these altars and praying and involved and, and seeking God. He knows better than to attack somebody that's showing up faithfully to the house of God. He knows better. He knows better than to jump on somebody that's involved in the work of God to the hilt. He understands that there's protection in that. Amen. Wasn't it Nehemiah that said, I can't come down off of this wall because I'm doing a great work. They said, why don't you come out here? Because they wanted to draw him away and slay him and finish him off but he said I'm not going to come down I'm going to keep on working for God I'm going to stay involved in what God has for me I'm going to keep on in the purpose of God Amen. through every discouragement through every setback through every problem through every challenge you can go on and ridicule me send about it to buy but I'm going to stay on working for God and doing the will of God because this is a work that God has called me to Oh, come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Jesus is showing us something here about involving ourselves. The worst time for you to stop praying is when you got a problem. The worst time for you to recall and kind of draw into yourself and stop worshiping and getting into the presence of God is when you got a situation that's arose in your life or you're going through a storm or trial, walking through a valley. The worst time that you can back off in your attendance to the house of God is while you're walking through a dry place in God. And come on, let's be realist. There's all, always, every one of us has to walk through some dry places. I wish I could tell you that all of heaven falls on all of us every day. That we get up every morning, we just feel as spiritual as the day we got the Holy Ghost. But that's simply not the truth. You have to sometimes discipline this flesh, take it to the prayer room when it doesn't feel like going to the prayer room, get it by the nap of its neck, and take it to the house of God to hear the word of the Lord and train your ear to hear the word of the Lord. 
Oh, I could preach on that a little while because sometimes the devil, he does everything he can to get our minds off. We got electronics. We got, we got distractions of all kinds that he wants to get us focused on. He wants to get us talking to somebody else sitting beside us. He wants to get us focused on something that didn't go just right in the church service. Amen. I know some people that notice all that. They don't do much in the church service. But, you know, the ones that can point out every little problem and every little thing that goes wrong, it's easy to do that from the cheap seat, folks. Wait until you're up here and maybe you won't be so critical. Oh, amen, or oh, me, or whatever fits. But that's the truth. Amen. And when, when you're not involved, it's easy to be critical of things. But when you get involved in it, you're a part of the team. You realize, hey, this is my church, and this is, I'm involved in this, and this, this is, this is, in, this is part of me that's here, and I'm a part of it, and I, I want it to go forward. I want it to do more than it's ever done. I'm not against it. I don't want to be the opposer. I want to be the one that's working with it. Oh, come on. Let's clap our hands and give praise to him right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The very worst thing you could do is disconnect and not be a Involved in the fellowship, and I believe that it's not all about fellowship. And I realize that that we always don't have uh, the means to do that all the time, every time we'd like to. But fellowship is a good thing, and it's a Bible term, and it's in the Word of the Lord. They went house to house, fellowshipping and lifting one another up and encouraging one another. And the Scripture indicates that and gives us that working for God and being involved in the work of the Lord. You see, the devil wants to get us detracted from all of that. He wants to get us focused on our own little world and our own little problems and our own little situation. Hey, the world's bigger than me. The world's bigger than my problems. And I have found a way to get victory over situations in my life is not to sit and sulk over my own problems, but to get involved in ministering to somebody else and encouraging somebody else and being what God wants me to be in somebody else's life. And you know God fixes things for me He answers prayers for me He works for me Amen He moves things that I didn't think could be moved He touches lives that I couldn't I couldn't dream of touching myself Why? Because God is looking for somebody That in the meantime They'll stay involved in ministry They'll stay involved in doing the work of God The Bible talks about the ministry of the saints we think of minister, we think of just the one that is in the pulpit, but that's not necessarily the only place that ministry needs to happen. I understand there's a pulpit ministry, there's a pastoral ministry, there's a five-fold ministry. I understand that. I understand that role that it has in leadership, but there's also the ministry of the saints that all of us need to be engaged in in some form or fashion. We all need to be involved in encouraging one another. You don't have to look very far in this world to find somebody to encourage. Amen. Sometimes just a bright smile and a Holy Ghost radiance would be an encouragement to somebody. Walking into a business and, and, and with a smile and a compliment and, and uh, telling them what a great day it is and you hope they're having a good day and 
ask them how they're doing. And you ever notice a lot of people say, thank you for asking because they're so used to people not asking and not caring because we live in such a self-absorbed world. I'm telling you, friend, if we could get out of ourselves, we'll find out that our problems are minuscule compared to a lot of people in this world. And if we'll realize that if I just keep on doing what God wants me to do and being involved in the work of God in the capacity that he's called me to and not shrink back and not pull back and not hold back but give God what he wants of my life then he'll help me he'll provide for me he'll work for me And I can tell you from personal testimony that God blesses those that will involve themselves and submerge themselves in the work of God. You may not have a lot to start with. You just, you just involve yourself. You just do what you can. You may not have all the tools and all the, all the ability and all the skill and talent that you need when you begin, but you just involve yourself in whatever door opens and whatever thing that God would want you to do. And you don't think about, well, if I, if I can't get to this point, then I'm not going to try at all. You've got to go and work where you're at. You've got to take what you've got. That's the whole story of the, the, the men being given the talents. As one, he gave one talent to it, and another three, and another five. And, and he said, I want you to increase it. I want you to occupy until I come. I want you to do something with it. I want you to invest it, and I want you to make more out of it. And that's what God expects of each one of us. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. He gave us this great revelation of truth. He's blessed us in so many ways that we're not even able to fathom it. Amen. And he's blessed us so that we could be a blessing to somebody else. He's blessed us so we can take this further and do more with it. I want to occupy till it comes. I want to see growth and revival and blessings of God. I want to see the goodness of the Lord go far. I want to see progress in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Oh yeah. Being involved, being engaged in the work of the Lord. It's a trick of the devil to sideline you. It's a trick of the devil to incapacitate you. It's a trick of the devil for, to get you focused on your hurts and your problems and your difficulties and take you out. That's a trick of the enemy. But by staying involved in the meantime, if I can just stay involved in the work of the Lord, if I can just continue in the work of the Lord, if I continue being faithful to God and doing what God has called and ordained for me to do, He'll make a way. He'll provide for me in every situation that I need him to. I'm not going to let the devil convince me into recooling back and, 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 and taking a back seat and, 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 and saying, well, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm washed up or maybe it's over with or I can't do it. I'm going to tell you something. That's a trick of the devil in your life. You need to realize that God has brought you to this point for a purpose and for a reason. And you need to be engaged in what the Lord is doing in your life. You need to understand that there's too much riding on me. There's too much riding on me. Some of us have family members that are watching us. Some of us have others that are around us that, you know what, we may live for God 10, 15 years 
years and think that they don't even notice. And you hit a little bump and you hit a little trial and all eyes are on you, sir. All eyes are on you, ma'am. And it's how you respond to those situations in your life that's going to determine the outcome of their salvation and whether or not they're going to believe whether this is really what you say it is or not. Amen. By you standing firm and you standing for God. It's not time to waver, church. It's time to stand strong and stay. Amen. Continuing on doing what you know to do. I don't really find that Jesus did anything different. You know, a lot of times when problems come, we think, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. You may be doing something right. You may be doing something right. You got the devil stirred up. You may be doing something exactly right in that you've got opposition and it's not smooth sailing anymore. You, you may be doing something right and don't even realize what kind of impact that it's making. Not time to change up. It's not time to, to say, well, I, I'm going to rethink this deal. It's not time to, to do anything different. It's time to stay the course. If you've ever been faithful, you need to be faithful now. If you've ever been a worshiper, you need to be a worshiper now. If you've ever been a prayer warrior, don't give up on praying now. If you've ever believed God and had faith and stretched that faith, you need to stretch it now and believe God because your greatest miracle is coming. You just have to stand firm in the meantime. you got to believe God in the meantime. You've got to be faithful in the meantime. Come on, let's clap our hands and give praise to him right now. And so, in, in this meantime, we find that he is, he gets a revelation or he shows us through this example, gives us a revelation that we've got more for us than we've got against us. And that stopping and getting discouraged and letting our disappointment sideline us is not the answer. But if we'll stand firm and if we'll continue to do what's right, there is a miracle that's coming. Amen. Praise God. I talked to you about the multitude and I talked to you about ministry. Now I want to talk to you about the miracle that is there. Because I read just a little while after that in chapter 13, I read about him going to the house of God. And you understand this was a place, this was the synagogue, this was the place where those Pharisees felt like they had control. They felt like they had things set up in order like they wanted them, and they sure didn't want anybody messing it up for them. And he walked right in there into that seed bed of people where the eyes were all on him. He walked right in there, and the Bible said that there was a lady that for 18 years had a spirit of infirmity. Whatever kind of church they were having wasn't working for her. I'm going to tell you, if you've been dealing with something for 18 years and, and, and you hadn't got a breakthrough, uh, something, something needs to break. If, you, if you've been going to a dry denominal church for 18 years and you're still not breaking through the dimension that you need to in God, maybe you need to consider that there might be something wrong with the way they're doing church. Oh, can I get a witness? 
And, and so he, he walks into that place and that lady, he calls her out for 18 years. Now this spirit of infirmity, it calls it a spirit, but it affected her. It had been on her so long, it affected her physically. She was physically bowed over. I've seen people that have been impacted by a spirit of hell and, and the influence of the devil and been fighting things for so long that you could see signs of it upon them physically. I've seen people that you could see signs of addiction upon them. They didn't have to tell me they had a problem. I could see they had a problem. I could see depression written all over their face. I, I could see brokenness written all over their forehead. I could see that there's there's physical signs of a spirit that's gotten a hold of them. And she was bowed low. And the Bible said that the Lord looked at her and said, Woman, be thou loosed of thou infirmity. Amen. I don't care how long it's been. Amen. You can receive the miracle that you need if you can believe me right now. I don't care what the atmosphere is, whether anybody else believes it or not. I'm telling you, if you'll be obedient to me, you can see deliverance today. You can see the breakthrough right now. Oh, I want to tell somebody in this house tonight, amen, whether somebody sitting beside you needs a miracle or not, you cannot allow that to inhibit you and your desire and your faith and your belief in God. You've got to break out of that and not be affected by what somebody else is doing or not doing and say, God, I need you to move in my life and work in my behalf and touch my heart and move in my soul. I I need a miracle tonight. I'm preaching to somebody what to do in the meantime. I'm preaching to somebody what to do when it seems like you got pressure on. The attack of the enemy is there. When you got opposition against you, what do you do? Do you fold up, give in, back off? Recall, feel sorry for yourself, lick your wounds. No! It's time to believe God that the greatest miracle that I've ever seen is coming for me right now. I'm believing God for it. If you believe that, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Put your hands in the air, and I want you to believe God that it can happen for me. It can happen for me. It can happen for me. Come on, let's believe God. Oh, come on. Reach out to him right now. Seek him right now. Somebody call on him right now. Somebody lift up your voice to him right now. In the meantime, what I do... When I'm not feeling anything, what do I do? When I have no confirmation, what do I do? When I have no word to go, what do I do? When I can't, uh, I can't sense God like I'd like to. I can't see him in the situation. Oh, what do I do? I'll tell you what you do. You keep on doing what you know is right. In the meantime, God is looking for you to be involved. God's looking for you to stay engaged. He's looking for you to keep on believing and having faith. And trusting him in the meantime.
your challenge the greatest, when opposition is the fiercest, that's when, that's when I need to reach out and say, I'm not stopping now. In the meantime, I'm going to grab a hold of this. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to believe God for this. Amen. Musicians come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know. It's just a simple word tonight, but I, I felt it strong on my heart because I can tell you that there has been times, and if you've not experienced them, hold on, you probably will, that there's been those in the meantime moments in my life I just had to hold on. If you've lived for God any period of time at all, if you've got any longevity in this thing, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. There's some of you right now. There's some of you right now praying about things and have been praying about things. And you're desiring God to move in certain areas. And you're, you're wanting God to open doors in certain areas and do certain things in your life and work in, in, in specific ways that you, you've articulated them prayers. Every which way you know how to do it, you've brought it to God's attention. You've prayed about it. And you're saying, what do I do in the meantime while I'm waiting while I'm here in this place of in-between, what, what do I do? And if we're not careful, we'll let the devil in that particular time. It's the lie of the devil to try to sideline you and say, well, God never heard you. God doesn't understand. God doesn't care. God doesn't know where you're at. Amen. He's, he's blessing others, but he's not blessing you. That's a lie. That's a devilish lie here tonight. You need to understand that while I'm in the meantime, I got more for me than what I've got against me. Amen. While I'm in the meantime, amen, I, I need to stay engaged. I need to keep doing what I've been taught to do and what I know is right to do and stay, stay faithful to God and the things of God. And, and, and God in His due time will bring about the miracle when I need it. Some of you right now are on a collision course with breakthrough and revival. You know, they can, they can sometimes predict when that rocket takes off from Cape Canaveral. They predict through a lot of course corrections if it stays on this course, all of the atmosphere and all the, all the planets in space, they're, they're moving in their time and, and, you know, the earth's spinning and all of that and all that has to be calculated. But if it stays on this course... At a certain appointed time, it's when it's going to make its destination, the moon. Airplanes, they fly through space and they, they know how to calculate it. They fly through the air. They, they know how to calculate it to keep them off of a collision course. They know if two planes are heading in the same direction at certain speed, at a certain time, they're going to collide. I'm going to tell you, that's where we're at with miracles and revival and the blessings of God. We don't need to let some little frivolous thing get us off course, but we need to stay on course with revival. Stay on course in our faith and in our thinking. Come on, don't let doubt enter in. Don't let, don't let some kind of detractor come in. Don't let disunity come in. Don't let 
some little schism or some little minuscule thing get in your mind or in your heart. Don't let some little offense get get in the way of the greatest miracle that you've ever seen in your family, the greatest miracle that you've ever seen in your physical body, the greatest miracle that we've ever seen in this church as a as a body. Amen. We don't allow that to happen. And the devil's going to plant that in people's minds. He's going to try his best to cause those things to rise up. We need to be wise to that. We need to understand that that's a trick of the devil to try to sideline us and get us off course. Because I'm on a collision course with revival. I'm on a collision course with God's blessing. If I keep on and if I'll stay faithful and if I'll keep walking in this direction and if I'll keep extending my faith and I'll keep believing God, there's nothing that can hinder me from seeing that done. Amen. I wonder if there's somebody who say, Preacher, I'm committed that in the, in, in the meantime, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this everything I've got. I'm going to stay as in tune as I possibly can and as gauged as I possibly can in, in what God is wanting and desiring of me. I'll play my role. I'll do my part. I'll be involved in the areas that I need to be involved in.